Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, today in our leadership program, we're going to have some fun because we have in our, as our in-studio guest a fellow Seton Hall alumni, Mr. Will O'Toon of O'Toon's Cartoons. Will, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Okay. You want to get right sure, here to the I'll mag? Talk yeah. right here. Thanks exactly. very much. Cool. Hey, uh, before we start talking about O-Tunes cartoons, share with our audience a little bit about yourself, your education background, <laughs> and how you came about to be Mr. O-Tunes cartoons. All right. I've been drawing or cartooning since the age of four. Never really schooled in it, although I, I did attend both Seton Hall Prep and Seton Hall University. I did have a great professor. I'm probably one of the few uh, Seton Hall university students they ever have, Ed Havis, and this is years ago, as both an art teacher in the high school, or the prep, okay. and also in college. And um, he always encouraged me to draw and to cartoon. Uh, unfortunately, at the college level, there isn't, let's say, per se, there's painting and there's watercolor and there's sculpture, but there's nothing called cartooning. And it's kind of amazing because cartooning is really an American art form, just like jazz is. And so I picked it up when I was four drawing Batman cartoons. It progressed. I used to draw all kinds of cartoons in high school, or excuse me, in grammar school, to high school, and into college. In fact, I used to draw some cartoons for the paper. And, the Setonian? Uh, Setonian. And then it went from there. I probably had my first published professional piece in the old Patterson Evening News way back when with the Super Bowl on, this is where I'm giving my age away, Washington versus the Killer Bees, Miami Dolphins. I am a Miami Dolphin fan, okay. by the way. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and can I name all the Killer Bees today? I can start with Kim Camp and a couple others. Yeah. But I remember doing the cartoon with okay. a dolphin helmet yep. and them dressed as uh, bumblebees nice. against the hogs of Washington. They oh, were yes. great teams to do. And the Raiders were great teams to do. Yes. Because they're always called, you know, they were always associated with Star Wars. So it was great having Star Wars figures and right. all the rest of it. Right. So I've been just doing it um, since about 83 professionally. Um, it, pay, it doesn't pay all the extraordinary bills like your mortgage, <laughs> but it does pay for pizza money every once in a while. So Very I've always nice. had to supplement my income with a real job, a real fake job or a real, real job. Now, something that you said to me, which sounded um, quite quite um, prophetic, and that was uh, you tried to comment on politics through sports. I, let's, let's talk about that a okay. little bit. You can't escape politics in anything. You know, where, wherever you have two people, you have politics. I mean, right here we have politics. Uh, you go to a classroom, you have politics, teacher or professor with students. You can't escape it. And I recall, and I'm not going to mention anyone's names, saying that there's no or there shouldn't be any politics in sports, or that there's no such thing as politics in sports. When I heard this on the radio, I nearly drove off the road because all I can think of is two <clears> words. Right. And we were saying that before exactly. we went to air. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Exactly, yeah. I mean, without Jackie Robinson, who was hand-picked by Branch Rickey, as a lot of people now know from 42, I mean, you're talking about a college-educated, well-rounded, uh, four-star athlete, who had the demeanor and temperament to put up with the prejudice of the time. And not only did he excel on the field, but he excelled off the field. And it's remarkable that he hit 297 lifetime with all of that pressure and stress on him. He was just a great ball player. Actually, 
if you were to take away all the prejudice, he probably would have been a 320, 330 hitter with 20 years of service and probably three, four, you know, he would have been what Joe Morgan would have been compared to instead of us comparing Joe Morgan today. Robinson was a great player, bar none, great player, and probably the most significant player outside of maybe Babe Ruth, you could argue maybe Kirk Flood, all right, uh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, but a very, one of the top 10 significant players in all of sports, let alone baseball. So don't tell me that sports and politics don't mix. Well, you know, we, we you know, we have the situation with Colin, well, Colin Kaepernick and, right. and whatnot, and at the ESPN ESPY uh, Awards, the the four leading players in NBA, uh, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and others, who made a statement uh, at, at the opening of the ESPY Awards in regards right. to um, uh, the situation in regards to folks being shot and killed uh, by the police officers. So right. you can't avoid. No, it. you can't. And whether you disagree or not, it's, it's, the point is, is that it's out there, and it should be commented on, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, and that's the fun of it. And so in your, give, me a, give us a recent example of your uh, commenting using uh, politics through sports that, 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 that you've worked on recently. Okay. Well, I just recently uh, did a cartoon with Notre Dame. You know, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. And as we were talking again before we went to air, uh, Notre Dame's in my blood. I think it's pretty much in almost every Irish Catholic kid's uh, blood who was right. born in the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. I don't know whether it's there today. However, my first game, first live sporting event was Notre Dame Army. And I got bit by college football as a result of that in all of sports. Make a long story even longer. You know, Notre Dame has disappeared in terms of college football. So I recently did a cartoon on, gee, when did they disappear? Well, their last championship was 1988. And a couple of years later, after a court case, they decided to sign an exclusive contract with NBC. How's that been working? Notre Dame's been filling their uh, pot of gold, but they haven't been wearing any gold in terms of championships. They've gone the longest without a chance. There are kids today that have never seen Notre Dame win a championship. I saw three of them growing up, and I was lucky. And it's been the longest that they've gone without, I mean, almost three decades, 1988. So that's 12, 20, almost three decades without winning a championship. And they're not even sniffing the bowl games this year. And they were in a total embarrassment on Saturday, unfortunately, with their loss against their arch rival. Mm -hmm. So I did a cartoon on, you know, with the Peacock. And of course, NBC is the uh, logo or the uh, the mascot for um, NBC, and I kind of connected it with um, the, the goat. The curse of the Cubs goat has got nothing on me. Right. <laughs> now, that was eliminated <laughs> this year, so they start with scroll. Right. That goat curse has, and as long as the cur curse exists, it's got to be longer right. or it's got to be more significant than the goat right. curse now, right? right? Even though that's lasted longer over the years, a century plus. Last title, 1988 season, wow. And as I, I also know, and this is what I love about doing the cartoons, and some of the websites that I have worked for have let me do essays with them, so it's right. been great that way. This one I just was able to just bullet, they've gone through six coaches, they're eight and 11 in the ball records. And not only that, but they're academic, they've had an academic scan, uh, scandal this year, Right. They've had players, unfortunately, arrested. Um, 
they just had a lot of controversy. And I'm starting to think, is it because of the peacock whammy? The peacock whammy. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. And uh, you're a school teacher during the day, right? I am. All I right. teach right up in West Orange. Okay. I'm at a school that was named after the two astronauts who have been up in the uh, labs, the Kelly brothers. Okay. So I'm at Kelly School in West Orange. I got great kids. Right. And I'm enjoying the experience. And um, do you share your cartoons with your I do. Okay. And, in fact, uh, many of them like to share their cartoons with me. Nice. And it's nice. It's a nice give and take to be able to teach them little things, Mm -hmm. uh, how to draw an an eye better, how Mm -hmm. how to draw a hand better. And they Mm -hmm. love it. And they just take and run with it. Now, when I met you, you had talked about um, some characters that you've developed in regards to communicating about what was it you're communicating about through your 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 cartoon characters? Yes, I have a cartoon strip yes. yet to be published. Okay. All I right. just haven't found the syndicate that's willing to take a chance on it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about that. All right. It is it, it's it's I think growing up I think any kid loves Christmas and I I thought about the idea of coming up with one area of Santa Claus that's really never, ever, ever really been developed, and that's the reindeer and the elves. I know, the movie Elf came out. My stuff, or my idea for the cartoon, I have to say, came before that. Okay. So, uh, so they recognized about the elves, but I have uh, elves who work, quote-unquote, in a factory, mm-hmm. building toys. Mm-hmm. And of course, one's real smart. He's kind of a gambler. The other one is kind of slow moving, but he has some quips. And really, the one who's most fascinating, I think, is the uh, head reindeer. Okay. So I'm develop. It's always in development mm-hmm. until you can sell it. Of so, course. But of course. Uh, I have used those figures in some of my cartoons, and of course, I don't have the cartoons with me today to show you that. Uh, but there are some. Um, you'll see some of my cartoons with those particular characters. Okay. All right. Okay. Very so good. And so um, do you have some storylines that you're, you're, you, you can share or, you, or, or since sure. it's not published yet? Or you, well, um, in terms of the new sports cartoons I'm going to be working on? Yes. Uh, definitely Heisman. Okay. I'm working on one for uh, or an idea for the NFL playoffs coming up. You okay. know, now it's coming nitty-gritty time, right. December. And there are certainly teams. I don't think the Browns have a chance of making the playoffs. So I think they're working towards. I, I, think, think, I that think that's a pretty good bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Vegas odds on that's probably like ninety nine percent. And they should have a shot, yeah. a decent shot, maybe at the number one draft right. point. The funny thing is, growing up, I hated the, the Browns. Really? Yeah. Now I like them. Okay. I know, and it sounds funny, but I love the teams that play out in the mud. Okay. And for some reason, Cleveland. And I know, albeit for this year with the Cavaliers. It always seemed it could be September or August at Cleveland watching the Indians, and there could be, like, mounds of snow, right? and it's still always permanently muddy. Right, right. And, you know, with all these teams playing on the plastic carpet, it's nice to see mud. Right, right. You know, and I show these, I show old films on the YouTube, you know, the old seasons, and it's amazing how kids will look and say, wait a minute, what is all that stuff? I said, that's mud. They used to play in mud. 
Yeah. There was no such thing as all this artificial turf right. or the grass. That's right. That's right. I mean, these guys come up and it looks like they have pimples and it's all the uh, tire remnants on them. The kids are used to that, but they're not used to actual mud. Right, right. And um, I think the game has lost something there. Yeah. So I, I root for teams like Cleveland now, Green Bay. Anybody who plays in the cold and on the grass, I just love it. You just love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Now, you have a very interesting story <clears throat> to talk about the Heisman. Share with our audience. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like, wow. I was very, very impressed. I don't know if I, I've been voting for the Heisman since about 2002. I take it seriously as we were talking. Right. And um, the same fellow who said that there is no such thing as politics in sports or words to that effect also said, well, I have a Heisman vote and I couldn't tell you any of the players out there. That being said, again, I almost drove off the road listening right. to the radio station. Right. And I was able to... Uh, but how did you get, come I about actually, becoming a, Heisman, well, a voter for the Heisman? I actually called um, the Heisman, Downtown Athletic Club. Yeah. And um, I talked to the fellow in charge, right. a fellow named Tim Henning, yeah. and told him I've been cartooning for X amount yeah. of years in a uh -huh. number of magazines, and I take this seriously, and I'm always doing college football. Right. So if, you, if, there's any, if there were ever a vote for right. it because there's only I think there's fewer than a thousand people who vote for that's it that's right that's right and he explained how it does it to do it by regions right. it was very right. interesting make a long story longer I got off the phone and about three weeks later came home yeah. and there was my Heisman vote <laughs> in the mail wow so I felt and I still do I feel very privileged uh, doing that I won't tell people who I'm voting for until after the selection because they ask you not to. Right. Um, of course. Of but course. It, it's it's just a lot of fun and I take it seriously. So would, would, would it be improper for me to solicit for Saquon Barkley at Penn State University? <laughs> I'll look into that. <laughs> Number you know, 26. <laughs> but you know, here's a team that started off right. in the doldrums right. and now they're playing in the Big Ten Championship. championship. That's right. And, you know, if they win that, That's right. you know, they'll have... Only the two losses, they'll right. have beaten Ohio State, right. which beat Michigan, right. Right. and supersede them into the championship game. Yeah. They could, and it's so crazy with this college football thing, um, they could make you know, a pretty good argument. Because first of all, I think the Big 12, you might as well watch basketball because nobody plays defense there. Uh -huh. The ACC, all I have to say is Pitt, what, 76 and Syracuse 61 the other day? Exactly. I really did <clears> think <throat> I was watching When I saw that, I, I, thought I it was said, a wait a minute, basketball score. game. Right. And I'm saying to myself, look, these kids can throw and these kids can catch and they're playing with the, the fisherman's gloves or the scuba diver gloves, but 76 points, it, everyone should be embarrassed. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Um, so, But, but I said to my wife, um, my daughter goes to Penn State, okay. and so um, she's a sophomore. So we started watching Penn State football last year. And when Penn State was playing uh, Temple and they were being beat, um, Saquon Barkley, he had something special. I said to my wife, I said, um, he is going to be an All-American by his junior year, no, no doubt about it. And he is really has, has allowed Penn State um, to, to, to grow and foster. But also this, this, this quarterback that they have, right. McSorley. Oh, the guy's, the guy's a winner. He's a, he's a well, the kid who I like right now, and, of course, he's not going to get – I just want you to – I love the Navy kids. First of all, oh, yeah. and I'm not even going to pronounce – I'm not even going near <laughs> the Navy coach, his name. Right. Ken, and we'll just say exactly. a long name. It's right. Hawaiian. Right. Of course. Of I course. think he's a brilliant coach. Yep. And I have argued with friends. He may be the best coach 
considering the right. personnel he has. Right. He may be better in Saban. I know. Now I see all these Alabama Crimson Tide fans are going to crush me, crush me, crush me about <laughs> this. But just consider, he doesn't. He's not able to recruit, and every year, not the same way that the other schools. Right. And every year, I mean, it's a shame last put, year that yeah. they lost. Uh, because they could have gone 14 and one. Yeah. It just gri- drives yeah. me crazy, and they could have been playing on New Year's Day. It would have right. been great for the country yeah. to have an academy vote. And sure, playing on sure. New Year's Day. Yeah. Now I love the kid Worth. Uh-huh. He's almost like a Keenan Win- Reynolds, who I did vote yeah. for the Heisman last year. Right. I didn't vote him number one. Right. Okay. Um, I voted for Henry for for Alabama because uh-huh. he's just I just yeah. think he's a yeah. beast. Yeah. Uh, plus, y- y- when you look at Alabama's success, look. They got great talent, yep. but he's still doing something with that talent. There's Absolutely. no question about it. Absolutely. Uh, so I like all this, and um, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year for the yeah. Heisman. And I'm not going to. Exactly. I got to do all my stats, and exactly. I'm not even going to go anywhere. That's right. That's right. Uh, so if I plaster your lawn with Saquon Barkley's <laughs> sides, <laughs> I'll take a look. <laughs> I'll take right. a look. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Will O'Toole of O'Toole's Cartoons. And um, if you go to fanrag.com, uh, you can see his, his, his work there as well. And, um, you know, how you got into the Heisman, you had told me about a nice story about you and your father oh, in regards to the first game that you went to. Tell us about that. I was in the fourth grade, and my dad was a high school principal. And, of course... Everybody knows what teacher salary is back in the 60s. Sure. Make a long story. Um, he did a nice thing for my uh, my two brothers and me, and that was he got his tickets to Old Yankee Stadium. And Notre Dame used to, just like Army does, they go around. Notre Dame's a national team. I know a lot of people don't realize that today, but they used to go to different venues. Sure. And Yankee Stadium, right. they played. Uh-huh. They're the only team, I think, that played in the Polo Grounds, Yankee Stadium, Dodger Stadium. Wow. Or, excuse me, Ebbets Field, Shea, the Polo Grounds, and New Yankee Stadium. So, you know that they had a, you know, they called them the Subway fans. My father got tickets. It happened to be the first game of the 69 World Series. We went over, watched Notre Dame, which I think was 3-1-1 at the time, obliterate Army 44 nothing. And the only thing I remember really seeing, sold-out crowd, and we went in suit and ties. Right. As if you're going out to a restaurant yeah. or Sunday church. Yeah. I can remember that. And the only thing I actually remember is some guy standing in front of me, and I looked right at his fedora because he wouldn't take it off and he wouldn't sit down. And when he did finally sit down, all I saw was the back end of the oh. army mule. So, <laughs> and suffice to say, I didn't see too much on the field. Yes, yeah. But I did uh, acquire the love for Notre Dame that my father Passion. I mean, there were games where he would just be literally in tears rooting for the team. So wow. I know that he was obsessed by the team and loved the team. It's it, Actually, his favorite player, I remember him saying to me, was a guy named Leon Hart, who I think was the 49, 1949 Heisman Trophy winner. Okay. And, and big, burly, just a strapping, all-American type of guy. And he won the Heisman. And that was my father's favorite player. So I, it, it's a nice link. And I kind of... Think of the Heisman as you know the uh, just the ultimate gift to my father who's passed, but yeah. it's uh, it's like almost a feeling of, of connection with him. So I that's, like that. That's nice. That's nice. Thanks. So <laughs> and 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 what do you make of the NFL right now? Right now they're saying that um, ratings are down. They're, they're, some were saying that maybe it was the, the America's obsession with the election, which is of course very important. Okay. That folks were 
tuning on MSNBC or Fox News, whatever. What do you, what do you make of what's going on with the ratings Two things. With, with, with the NFL right now? The NFL has its own self to blame in this respect. Uh, the NFL really crushes the teams that are good because they do everything for parity. And I always thought that Roselle's dream was everyone finish 8-8 eight and eight and that all the tiebreakers are the same and that it came down to a flip of the coin for the teams to make the playoffs. The NFL, when you think about it, there's no real dominant team except the Patriots. They have become like the Cowboys. You either love them or hate them. When Brady goes... I mean, he is a draw. There's no question that you like to watch Brady like you used to watch Stahlbeck or Unitas. Uh, I even think that, of course, this could be the argument of the day. I think even Brady was is more exciting than, than Peyton Manning was. I know a lot of people love Manning, but you know what? There's something about uh, Brady, and there's something about Belichick. The parody, the fact that I think the other thing is not so much that they're on almost nonstop Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Sunday night, two games Sunday afternoon. But I think what's killing them overexposure. is overexposure, but also maybe like the NFL Red because people are just chiming into the most important parts of the game just for their fantasy football. I think that's both elevated the game and I think it's mm. killing it at the same time. That's a good point. That's Plus, good point. you can't take a family of four to a mm. football game. Yes, I saw something the other day as I'm a Miami Dolphin fan and I get their feed. I saw an unfortunate incident where a, a fan of the opposing team was literally beat up by right. several Miami Dolphin fans. And I'm thinking, you know, my wife, she's a Chicago Bear fan, right. diehard Chicago Cup fan. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, from time to time, we like to take in a live game. Right. And I would just be, like, mortified if I had to fight off three or four fans. I was an usher for Giants Stadium when I was here at Seton Hall. And I remember the Giants fans were always polite. The Jet fans, they would fight all the time. But where's the civility? Just in, you pay all this money to go to a game. And and then you... And it's safer to watch it at home. I don't have to wait online for the bathroom or the beer stand. And if the game is getting too cold, yeah. You know, I just turn on the fireplace. Right. And look, do I think that concerns the NFL? I wish it would because I find a lot of young kids not even really interested in football. They either want to play basketball or soccer. And one of the reasons they don't want to play football is because of all of the concussion. All of the concussion. All of the con- Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said that three times. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, I mean, it has had an effect. Yeah. I remember Bob Ryan saying that all America had to do was end football was just have mom not sign the waiver That's to play. It. That's it. You know? Now, my prediction for the NFL, and my wife says I'm crazy, it's going to become flag football. I've been saying. It's going to become flag football I because agree. we love the big plays. Um, you can still run. I've played flag football, and it's the closest thing without – Knock, uh, knock, in your head. But I, I think the mistake, because I played football for ten years, uh, from eight, you know, from eight years sure. old to to high school, and one of the biggest problems was, and I graduated in uh, high school in '77. They were starting to teach people to stick your head, and I learned old school way was, you know, you put your head to the side, you put your shoulder in, you hit, and you wrap. And you see a lot of these players today. 
and, and the cornerbacks, they don't know how to tackle. They don't. They don't. And they've also been instructed, let's say, strip the ball, which is, which is fine, grab the ball. But as a result, how many times can you strip the ball? Maybe once out of every ten. Right. Now the guy's getting three, four, five more yards right. on the play. That's right. Um, so I think the concussion has had a big impact. And I agree with you. I, eventually, they've made all of the rules, though, to go against. I would never want to be a cornerback in the NFL because I think you are either toast or nobody throws your way well, because you're that good. Well, let, let me say this about the cornerbacks. What I see, because I, I played cornerback, and I remember I went to John Amos football camp back in, uh, what, 72, Dudley, Massachusetts. And, and Pete Athis of the New York Giants and Randy Fataha of the New England Patriots would hang late with a few of us and allow us to, to you know, Pete Athis was giving us the best practices of a cornerback, and Randy Fataha, who was a receiver, was right. telling us all the tricks. And what I learned to do, and I was saying this last night to, to my wife, I said, we were watching the game, I said, the cornerbacks don't play the quarterback anymore. They play the player. And, and, and if you play the quarterback, you have a better chance yes. of getting the interception versus getting a pass interference call because you're too busy uh, grappling with, with the player. And, and I, I just don't think they're teaching the basic fundamentals anymore. And these guys are so, I will, these kids, these football players, they're such better athletes too. And I think sometimes that's not even appreciated because of the rules. Now look, do I, I like seeing the bombs and all the rest. I will tell you that the precision of the NFL quarterbacks, oh. I mean, they oh. thread the needle better oh. than, than the old time quarterbacks. And oh. anybody who says they don't, they're not watching football. These guys are, 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 are really, I mean, 50 yards down the field, they're throwing the ball through a, a tire. Right. Yeah. And they're accurate like that, but at the same time, we've made the rules really help the offense more yeah. than the defense. Absolutely. 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 Well, I tell you, we've we got a couple minutes left. Okay. So what's coming up for O-Tunes cartoons? I'm hoping to uh, grow not just my Twitter account. I'll be using my fan, the fan rag. Um, hopefully that, yeah. that website's going to be growing. Mm -hmm. They just signed a great baseball writer named John Heyman. Okay. So um, this is a, a company or a website, sports website, that I think is going to grow. I hope my cartoons grow, grow with it. Grow with it, and absolutely. And explode all over. So are you on there every day, every week? Uh, eventually I'm going to be on every day. You know, this is just um, working out the bugs, but yep. I've had three cartoons so far. Okay. Uh, I had mm -hmm. one for Thanksgiving. And because uh, I love doing the Thanksgiving one, I, right. Thanksgiving is just a great holiday. I always right. do something with the football. I don't know right. if it's, it's on here. Right. If you go, can you go back? On Let's that? see here. Let's see if we can go back on this one. Okay. Right. And let's see, maybe previous. Okay. Up oh, there's one. That's a tribute to Ralph Branca. Okay. Uh, one of my mother-in-laws. She was a big Brooklyn Dodger fan. She actually grew up with the dugout or the ball boy for the uh, or the bat boy for the Brooklyn Dodgers so she's always told me stories about the Brooklyn Dodgers it was great okay. couple of guys she loved Hodges right, right. and this one I did on Branca and of course it's um, you know he's 90 years old great guy had you know Bill Buckner and he probably have carried a huge weight on them okay. and they've done it yes. with great yeah. great grace uh, yes. grace yes. anyway I figured you know what I wanted to do the traditional or traditional yeah. uh, up in the heaven, but this time I wanted to do something different, and that was 
I have the uh, one angel saying to the other, tell Ralph he is in heaven. It's the place that dreams do come true. Okay. And that in heaven, Bobby Thompson's shot heard round the world is caught. Nice. Very because, nice. Because, you know, he gets blamed for that. Yeah. But the Dodgers blew a 13-game lead. Right, right, right. And people don't realize right. that, you know, things just <clears throat> conspire. You could say they conspired against them, but I think too often we don't give a team like the Giants credit. Right. They were led by Leo DeRocher. They yeah. had a young, upcoming center fillet. Gee, what was his name? Willie Mace? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had a great player right. who just uh, had a uh, statue dedicated to him. Yeah. Monty Irvin from Orange. Okay. They had some good players. Larry Jansen was yeah. their pitcher. Yeah. Uh, if you read the accounts of that year, it just was, you know what? The Dodgers had their run early. Yep. The Giants had their run late. Yep. And it one game separates them. There you go. And, and it's for all time. Right. I always just always thought that Ralph Branca took it with grace. Mm -hmm. There were mistakes made in that game, sure. probably by both sides. But be as it is, Bobby Thompson delivered a big home run. Yep. And just a great game. But I always felt that Branca really um, put it in perspective. Okay. And I, like I said, I thought he handled it with great grace. Cool. And that's why I wanted to hopefully reward him with a, a cartoon like this. Very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with our guest, Mr. Will O'Toole of O'Toole's Cartoons. Please do check out his work on fanrag.com. And, Will, I want to thank you for coming on the program. Thank you, I appreciate your time. Ladies, this was a lot of fun. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be sure to have uh, Mr. Will O'Toole back. Thanks. This wraps it up for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Have a great weekend. And remember, leadership begins with you. This is Darrell Gunter of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Have a great weekend.